we need to find a way for end users to be able to get the content they want. Hello and welcome to Value from AI, where we explore the latest advances in AI technology for digital publishers, speaking with experts from both the business world and the technical space to give a full view on everything you need to know when it comes to personalization and recommender systems. My name is Thomas Steisel, VP Sales and Marketing, and today we will be talking with Nixa Gopsevich about the future of news product development. All right. Um, welcome, Nixa, to this new uh, episode of our podcast series. Thank you very much uh, for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, how are you doing? Fine. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas, for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure from my side as well. I'm doing very well, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Great. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Graz, Austria, which is the second largest city uh, in Austria, a nice small town, a nice town to live to live in, and we're actually based based in Graz as the second or third largest media company in the country. Cool. Uh, it's the opportunity to give some visibility to Graz as well. So uh, if people are traveling to Austria, uh, you do recommend. Uh... Oh, they, yeah, they should. They should definitely. They should definitely visit. I mean, most of them do visit the mountains for skiing, or they visit Vienna. But if you want to see Vienna, but a bit smaller. Uh, you should definitely visit Graz. And what is also very, very good nearby is the so-called South Styrian Wine Road, because the southern part of our, this part of the country is very well known now for its white wines. And uh, I highly recommend that you give it a try. All right, cool. I mean, unfortunately, we won't be able to talk more about uh, Austrian wines <laughs> later today. But that's a topic maybe for the conversation. Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time, for sure. I'm very interested. Um all right, Nixa, thanks again for joining. Um, you are Chief Digital Strategist uh, at Styria Media Group. Um, it's very nice to have you today on a call. You have a lot of experience in uh, digital strategy. Also, um, yeah, I think more than 10 years of experience in, in telecommunication and also digital publishing. So um, it's really uh, um, a pleasure to use all that experience that you have uh, and share it with our uh uh, listeners today. Um, the idea of this uh, podcast episode is to look at the current state of uh, the uh, news publishing industry, but also looking at it from a product perspective and try to discuss together, okay, what is our perspective uh, for the coming month, knowing that uh, we are living in special times and how can we use that experience we have and, and that knowledge we have to make that transition to the world of tomorrow um, as easy as possible. Um, so maybe as an opening question uh, to get started, um, I'd like to ask you, what is your uh, perspective on, on the current state of uh, digital news publishing and, and how do you think this economic and political situation might affect uh, that industry? Oh boy, there's a lot of, to unpack uh, in that great question. Uh, I think we are, as many, many other colleagues have said, and I truly agree with them, there will be some headwinds coming. That depends where you are and what's your current position, depends how strong those headwinds will be. And of course, how well is your organization, organizational setup and how well you are prepared 
to take on yet another blow to your legacy business, print business, and uh, yet another shift to, to digital this time with even, I think, more pressure coming from uh, social media. I mainly think about TikTok, which is really, really taking off now and is really uh, commanding the, the space they occupy in advertising. As for other aspects of digital business, I think we, we now know that subscription work. We, we've seen it now. Exam for example, we have it for eight years now. We know that it works, but we also now clearly know that it does not yield enough money to fuel our entire operations as they are now. So I think we need to start to think about how our products are going to make more money, going to make more revenue, not necessarily uh, gain more users, but uh, gain more uh, reoccurring revenue. Uh, look up to uh, industry champions like Amazon, like Netflix, uh, Disney, uh, whereby I, I think we need to focus now on delivering quality journalism, quality content, for a decent price and then we need to focus on building a sustainable business it's going to be a huge huge challenge uh for anybody in the industry yeah the the when i hear you talking uh it feels like we've been talking about subscription for a very long time we've been talking about the pressure of new social media platforms but all of a sudden we are now really talking about the financial impact of that. And, and given the pressure we have on paper prices, inflation, uh, advertisement going down, we are now suddenly talking about, yeah, financial numbers, right? So then comes the question, uh, how can you um, work in reducing cost and, and in actually being more efficient in the way you operate your services without losing in quality, right? So how do you look at that? Uh, um, how can we gain in efficiency actually? There are, there are definitely many aspects that, that we did not look at before, because like you said, uh, macroeconomic and microeconomic circumstances were uh, different. Now we have a brew of a perfect storm from paper price raging above thousand euros uh, to, to, to inflation raging in US and in, in Europe. And now for the first time, we're looking at every single aspect of, uh, of our business efficiency, not only cost of people, cost of services, we're, we're looking uh, for uh, cost, let's say price performance uh, of our products and of, of people, of course. Uh, and I think we need to look at, uh, look at content creation in terms of, in terms of publishing. Uh, where do we really want to focus our efforts on? So, if you have a, a nicely set up organization, where do you want to? Where do you want people in this organization to be focused on? On what topics? On what procedures? On 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 what processes? Do you want them? You know, do you want them to do uh, unnecessary manual work day in day out, or you want to automate some of the stuff and then have people do do some other more useful things? All all in all. We need to think about how how can we increase the value of our product in order to sell it uh, at the higher at the higher price or to more users. Unfortunately, I think we need to talk about pricing more than than volume because uh, I think only New York Times and global global players can go can go volume. 
social networks as well. We need to focus on the quality and uh, uh, pricing. And for that, we need some serious tools in the newsroom, in the organization uh, uh, entirely to, to help us achieve better better productivity. Yeah, that's very interesting. And and actually, it leads me to the, the, the question of uh, we are facing this situation and we know we want uh to invest in our future products right to make sure we can survive actually uh but now i have then two questions uh what is actually the product how would you define uh the product that we are uh, referring to and uh, maybe a more uh visionary question what is your view of that product uh in five years time uh if that's not too long because i mean five years uh, can be actually uh, can be actually uh, very different by then. But what is your future vision of that product? Um... So to start with, with uh, what's product for me? I was trying to remember the other day where 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 I borrowed that phrase from. But I really like to use uh, the following uh, the following thesis for product. For me, product is basically content plus user experience. Uh, and when I talk about uh, user experience, I mean basically everything from the physical devices or, or apps and web or channels that we communicate through, through payment services, registration, paywall, check, check, checkout, basically everything that's facing the customer and then the content on top of it. And only combining those two things do we really have a, a, a product. Because I, I like to think of it, we can have a, for example, a very good app, technically very good app, but really bad content. Uh, or vice versa, we can have really good content, but we don't have an app at all. And we know that 70 or 80% of our users uh, prefer mobile or, or would like to have, uh, to have an app. So only by combining those two things uh, uh, do we truly have a, a, a modern digital journalistic product. And as for your other question, I think it's very good. I mean, it's good to have a five-year vision. Of course, a lot of things have happened. We saw it 2020 with the pandemic. Uh, uh, nobody could have expected that. Okay, war in Ukraine was kind of brewing in the background, but nobody could expect the, the significance of it. So we don't know what's coming. We know some of the big things like climate change and uh, economical, uh, 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 let's say economical uh, directions but we need to think about the, the future. So we need to find a sustainable way uh, to drive to drive this product further. So we need users and we need users to pay for the product. And then we need to ask ourselves, why would the users pay for our product? So what value do we deliver? Again, I'm not only, when I say competition, I'm not looking at other publishers. I, I do look at them from certain perspective, but I'll mostly look at other purely digital services. So why do I pay for Netflix? Why do I pay for Amazon Prime? Why do I pay for Disney? And I always, the answer is always the same uh, because of the value I get out of it, the value that's important for me and that I think that they deserve for this value, they deserve some money. Why, why wouldn't I pay eight bucks to Elon Musk to have a blue check because I don't see any value in it. Coming back to, to our business, is our app, is our content really worth $12.99, $9.99, $1.99? So we need to work on this 
in the next five years, we really need to work on 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 the product of the value of the on the value of the product product proposition. And basically, we need to drive further into the subscription subscription business if we want to survive. So it it might be that we borrow the exact same uh, <laughs> uh, sentence, right? Because we also like to say that yeah, a great product is great content plus a great user experience, right? And a great product delivers great value uh, that then has a price that people are actually happy to pay if 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 they are satisfied with the service. Um, so I'd like to maybe diverge a bit. Of course, the the main thing I want to discuss with you uh, is how do you want to improve the user experience and how far are we today from the top-notch user experiences? Uh, but let's maybe talk a minute about content. Uh, mm -hmm. That part has also changed dramatically the last 10 years. And, and also when I look at the last two years, maybe you mentioned the pandemic. Um, I actually, but that's very personal, I have the feeling that this pandemic kind of increased the attention to the importance of news, right? People were connected all the time. It was so new that people uh, actually started consuming news more than before. Um, so in a way, uh, we could say that it was like uh, a, 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 um, an important uh, moment uh, to... Uh, showcase the importance of news publishing but now i have the impression that with the war and climate change it's creating that vibe of anxiety and we have this new fatigue news fatigue uh, uh kicking in right so uh, maybe just a word on on the content aspect how do you think we should look at the content creation to make sure we continue deliver value with people and we're not drowned into that vibe of anxiety and, and, and reporting bad news, actually, because that can play against news publishers at the end. You pointed out very, very good. We had this huge peak beginning of pandemic where everybody was interested. Nobody knew what, what was going on. People were searching for information. People were sharing information. People were uh, distrustful, but still reading. And then all of a sudden, people got not bored but really got tired of all the all the information and and as we saw in Reuters digital report that there's a basically a huge gap uh, in when it comes to news fatigue and i think we can we can help this help this out of course we cannot influence the the global events however we can we can we must work on our end to deliver content that is interesting to uh to to the end users and this is i think where uh we used to go with our gut feelings uh in the history of, of journalism uh, how do you put together a newspaper there were some rules what what goes where but uh, i think we're way past that and we are now uh, looking into users especially younger younger users not even to say gen z users uh that consume content completely different and the standards of content consumption have gone from A not to B, from A to Z uh, uh, in the last 10 years over and over again, uh, uh, driven by TikTok, driven by Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we need to work on delivering the right content to right people. Or, I mean, it's easy to say that, maybe to, to, put, it, uh, to put it a bit more better, we need to find a way 
for end users to be able to get the content they want. So it's up to us. So we need to to work on it. Let me let me give you a live example. I was in the Twitter discussion a couple of weeks ago, uh, where a friend of mine asked, "What media do you pay for, and why?" Um, and then somebody mentioned, uh, I, "I used to pay for this and this media outlet, but I no longer do because I only read one news, and for me that's not worth." I don't know what he said, ten dollars. Uh, and I said, fine, I understand. However, it's the media's fault because if they're unable to hook you with more, uh, they need to work on it uh, because they're not providing the value that you paid for. If you're only getting one article, okay, then they can think about, you know, let me sell you this article for $1 and maybe you'll come back for another one. Or uh, let me sell you the subscription for $10, but let me find a, a technological or a process way to surface more content that is uh, that is uh, uh, useful to you, I think we need to we need to look uh, look at that uh, when it comes to uh, not. I mean, we create all sorts of different content. It's not about content creation. It's about how do we serve the best content to to the relevant uh, target group. Yeah, and now we're indeed touching uh, the UX element of uh, this uh, equation, right? So it's clear that we have enough content, right? And with all the content that is circulating, I mean, there is such a high volume of content that is available. Plus your journalists are creating, I'm sure, investigative journalism that stand out. But so now the question is, how do we connect the right content with the right people? Um, and And... How are others doing that? So I think you you uh, mentioned the example of TikTok and Instagram a lot. Why do you think they have a better user experience than uh, other media outlets today? Can you maybe um, detail that a little bit? It's a good question and a hard question. I personally like, for example, I maybe I don't understand some of the stuff, a lot of stuff on TikTok. But I'm looking at it from a different angle. I'm looking from a product angle. It's really, really a good product. And like you said, it has a lot of content. Some good, some bad. You like something, I like something else. But the way they work, so we all know they, they work with algorithms. The way these algorithms are created is good because if I'm into some topic, for example, road cycling, I do get enough content about road cycling, but not too much or not too little. So they really know how to how to how to balance it. On the other hand, yeah, I mentioned I mentioned Instagram as maybe more of a technical product, more of a, a what the app does rather than the algorithms, because we all know about the problems Meta uh, has with with driving uh, content that's more enraging, in order to get more views in order to get more money from the advertisers. So I would say when it comes to algorithm, I would stick with TikTok. When it comes to uh, the UX product itself, then I would, of course, look at Facebook, look at Instagram, look at Snapchat, Twitter. Uh, they're way better than us. Uh, they think more in terms of design, they think more in terms of end, end users, different target groups. So we need to learn from them. I'm not saying we should copy them of course and we we shouldn't because we have a different role in life but we can learn a lot from their processes and at one point we, we were looking at spotify and uh 
uh, we kind of disregard the main fact that not only Spotify has great content, but Spotify has uniquely great user experience. And this is what they, what they base their offer on. You instantly get music. You click on it and you get music even faster than you can open an article in, in the app. And this is what drives actually the quality of, of their product. They say, you know, you get music within 0, 0.0 and they work on it. In the background, there's probably a lot of smart, really smart engineers working on it. And I think we should also look into, into that direction. Yeah. I mean, so that's great. I mean, uh, indeed, we should we should not copy other uh, platform, right? <laughs> we could get inspired yeah, no. from them, and then, and and I think if if we have that ability to uh, provide the same kind of personalized, uh, curated, but also editorially uh, relevant uh, list of content to our users that they can just press play and and read or listen or view or watch whatever, um, that would already be a, a huge step forward, right? You, ju you just made a great point. You just made a great point. We do a lot of content and you click on it and you read, listen, or watch. It doesn't, it would be amazing to have all those options. And more and more now what I see and use myself is read this article or uh, even have a related video on this article. So giving multiple options. So we are still the masters of creative content. Of creating content. I mean, we have people who are educated for that, people who have years and years of experience. And you can never uh, compare uh, social networks, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, with news media outlets. Those are two, for me, two completely different things. We have a completely different social role that they, that they do. Uh, however, what we don't have is the power of the product itself that they do. You said it good. It would be amazing to see a great article in New York Times to be able to read it, watch it, listen to it. Not even, you know, it needs to be seamless. I don't even need to think, oh, do they have an audio version? Because I am not un I'm unable to read now. I'm going to sit in my car. I'm going to pick up the audio version where I left off reading. So and, these and things need to become seamless. Do you think people are actually ready for it? Because when I look at the typical audiences, you see older people, they're kind of used to the... Uh, current way of reading and they like the experience they're used to it and then younger generation actually they're used to find content in other platforms so actually they don't really expect uh, let's say a traditional news platforms to provide it that way so do you think uh, people are ready to consume news in a different way I like to believe yes. I like to believe because we still provide the classical view. Let's say we still provide the part printed edition for our older users. I think this gap is is, is getting smaller and smaller because old, unfortunately older people die. Uh, uh, and I don't consider I'm not a young person. I'm 43. I don't consider myself uh, to be to be old but I'll consume my news digitally. So I think there's enough room for all the services. We just need to provide them. And you said one interesting thing, young people don't expect us. Yes, because we don't do it. Uh, they don't expect us because we haven't done it in the beginning. So they, they don't have a habit of expecting us to be able to provide the same level of service as, other, as others do. And that's why I think, this is my, my personal opinion, that's why they go to other outlets, social media, or other sources to maybe get the same news that we wrote, to consume basically the same 
content that we wrote in our newspapers. So it's just a matter of us. We need to be present, of course, and we need to be as good as others. Yeah, that's actually a great way of looking at it. Uh, so I told you, young people are not used to it. And then you're telling, actually, we need to create a habit for them, right? So that they should actually see traditional uh, newspapers as innovative platform and as platforms where they can have nice and maybe we missed out on that opportunity maybe maybe we kind of a little bit missed out on but it's never too late i still yeah just a matter of time i still do believe we can do something i I believe we can do something all right Uh, we were just not that innovative as others yeah maybe a last word on that so talking Mm -hmm. about algorithm talking about uh personalizing the experience to every user individually um it's commonly seen as uh, an advantage uh, for newspapers, but it's not always uh, something that newspapers will see as required, right? And it's sometimes thing you want to do in the future. Uh, what do you think is preventing newspapers to deploy that technology now, today? And do you think mm-hmm. this crisis maybe will change their perspective on actually starting to use it? Uh, we talked about it just just recently and uh, in my data and, uh, data and product summit. Uh, and what I heard over and over again, and I kind of like this approach is, uh, we do not believe in results. Uh, before you had not a lot of publishers used automated systems, uh, personalization, and they were even reluctant to share results. And I can tell you from our side, we were also reluctant to share because results were not good. Uh, for, various reasons technical reasons content reasons not to go uh, not to go into that direction i think uh, people do not believe that this works because when you look at the management and uh basically the leading people of the newsroom uh they really want to be assured that this is going to work and now we're talking about technologies that are not that don't come with 100% success labeled uh, labeled on them uh, I'm not talking about pure hit and miss. I'm talking about that you cannot come and say, listen, if we go into fully automated homepage, we will increase this by, of course, we can give a range, but they want they, they really want, they want you to vouch that this is going to work. And in technology, and now I think we're more, more becoming, more and more becoming a tech company rather than, than a content company. Uh, there are no guarantees. Uh, And the more we use such systems, the more data will be out there, the more confidence will be out there, and then people won't be reluctant. And you said it could, this crisis might even speed up things as uh, uh, COVID sped up some other other things uh, in terms of remote working and uh, collaboration i think this crisis might do this uh because people will tend to lay off staff and they will but they will still need to produce content and they might turn to uh automated content creation or automated content curation and then they will get some results thank you nixa uh unfortunately we need to uh stop this conversation already uh it's been a great pleasure i think it's a great conclusion um we are living difficult times but sometimes during these difficult times nice things happen and we hope that uh it's maybe a, a way to leapfrog uh, our efforts towards more individualized uh um content distribution um 
Thank you also to all the people listening to this podcast. If you have any comments or feedback, uh, of course, let us know and uh, we'll be very happy to prepare next episode. Thanks again, Nixa, for uh, being here with us today. Thank you, Thomas. It was really, really a pleasure talking to you again and uh, hope to see you soon. Bye. Nixa. That's a wrap on this episode of Value from AI. Uh, if you have any questions or if you want to leave a comment about this episode, Follow us on Twitter and stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.